He is none other than Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I'm gonna bring a piece of candy for you to look at. You might be able to take it later too. <laughs> Will Ferrell. I also ran into John Elway in the bathroom. He could have. He could have given me a forearm shiver there. <laughs> Could have rammed my head. Long snapping expert Adam Carolla. We don't call ourselves long snapping what? expert. What do we We're, call ourselves? You just say black belt. You don't say black belt <laughs> karate expert. Black belt says it all. Matthew Perry. Our casting director said, "What about Nick Jonas? He's a pretty good actor." And I said, "Okay, great. Someone tell me who he is." <laughs> I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Presented by Papa John's, here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. I am thrilled to be here with you in the month of June. I'd be more thrilled if the football season was uh, up and running, but uh, it is what it is, as they say. And we've got a great show in store for you today on this program. We have Kellen Winslow Jr. of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to fix him up with Willie McGinnis, his old teammate from the Cleveland Browns. Those two guys will join me together. Also joining me together, two of the, the best defensive backs in the game over the past decade and a half, Rondé Barber, also of Tampa Bay. He will be teamed up with Darren Sharper, a free agent after a couple of successful seasons with the New Orleans Saints. They'll join me together. And Marv Albert of now CBS. He is back in the NFL television booth. The one and only Marvelous will join me on the Rich Eisen podcast that, however, kicks off right now with the head coach, of the Dallas Cowboys, Jason Garrett, joining me here on the program. How are you, Coach? Doing great, Rich. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. You're kicking off the whole show. So I, you're the top of the flow chart here today. So thank you for doing Quite it. Quite a cast of characters following me. It's impressive. Yeah, listen. Hey, listen. But you're first. You're first. That's what, that's what, <laughs> that's what being the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys affords you. What in the world? People ask me this all the time. Uh, you know, because I talk football all the time. What are you doing right now? So I guess I'm going to throw that question on you right now. What is what is your world like right now in the middle of a lockout at the top of a month that a lot of people believe we could be back in the business of uh, by the end of it? Well, it's been different. Obviously, our off season uh, has not been as active as it normally is. Typically, right now we're in the middle of OTAs, getting ready for a mini camp. Uh, that hasn't happened. Uh, the players have not been around all off season, so that's been a little difficult and different for us. Uh, But we've kept ourselves busy. There's some things that we do to wrap up the previous season, some studies that we do of ourselves and uh, and of some other teams. And then obviously we're preparing for the upcoming season, uh, getting practice schedules and training camp schedules and all those things together, as well as studying other teams. So do you think most teams will know each other teams' tendencies more than any other previous NFL season based on the downtime that we've had so far? Well, there's been some more time to do this kind of stuff, and uh, I think you have to be careful of overdoing it. Mm -hmm. But I think in general, uh, coaching staffs do a good job understanding what the tendencies are of their opponents. This is the time to do it. We've just had more time to do it this year. What do you think your offense is going to look like this year, Coach? Do you think it's going to be – uh, this similar to what we saw in the last weeks of last year. I mean, how, how much, I guess, in a way, did were you able to build last year coming into this year with the Dallas Cowboys offensively? Well, uh, we feel like our offense has been uh, 
the same system, the same style, the same philosophy of offense right. the last four years. Mm-hmm. And uh, we pride our, ourselves on being balanced. We pride ourselves on being an attacking style of offense. So we'll try to continue to do that. At times over the last four years, we've done it better than at other times. <laughs> uh, we, we did play fairly well down the stretch on offense. And I think it goes to what I was talking about. We were more balanced. I think we were explosive. And uh, we'll hope to, hope to be able to continue to do those things and do them lots of different ways. I guess that was my inartful way of saying that clearly your offense was better in the second half of last season uh, than it was in the first half. Offensively, running back-wise, uh, that seems to have been uh, a bone of uh, contention, certainly with a lot of the fan base, about who, who runs the football and how it's been divvied up. And I'm wondering if, if you're out of the three running backs that we've seen running the football there in Dallas over the last couple of years, if you're going to choose one more over the other, do you have a plan to do that? Oh, I think each of our runners the past couple of years have, have strengths and they have some weaknesses. We've tried to put them in roles that best suit their strengths. And uh, each of them are very talented guys. And we're, we're excited about each of those guys, Felix Jones, Marion Barber, and Tashar Choice, is that we like their versatility. We feel like they can run inside they can run outside, they can block, they can catch. So we try to give each of those guys opportunities to do what they do best and, and, and let them uh, compete with each other within the position. And we feel like that's helped each of them be better players and that's helped our football team. But- we'll continue to do that. We drafted DeMarco Murray. We feel like we can add him to the mix. And again, generate some of that competition, and hopefully we'll all be better for it. Yeah, but do you think that the competition will lead to a bell cow? Do you think it will lead to somebody saying, you, you, will, have, you will just put the, the bell around the neck of this one guy and give it to him 25, maybe even 30 times a game? Do you think that's feasible? Well, there's no question that, that what's emerged in the past couple of years is Felix Jones has gotten the ball a little bit more than he had earlier on in his career. He's been healthier, so we like to get him the ball. Uh, I think he's proven that he can be a guy who can carry it a lot, uh, both inside and outside, and uh, he's proved it to be more durable uh, this past year. So uh, I don't know if we'll go so far as saying a bell cow because we like the idea of keeping the backs coming and attacking the defense with different guys and staying fresh. Uh, but certainly he's been a guy who's emerged, and again, we want to see how Marion does and how Tashard does and certainly add DeMarco to the mix as well. Many observers of the Dallas Cowboys, and as you know, there are many observers of the Dallas Cowboys, certainly in the media, uh, are, are talking about how much hand-wringing there is in the organization over Des Bryant and your uh, inability because of the lockout rules to keep tabs on him as closely as you'd like. Uh, is there a lot of hand-wringing in the organization about Des Bryant, or is that, a, is that uh, an inaccurate description? Oh, that's probably not a very accurate description. You know, Des, like all of our players, is someone we're concerned about, we care about. And uh, what happens with young players as they transition from the college level to the NFL is there's, there's a transition as a player, but there's also transition in their life. And uh, they need to understand what it means to be on their own in a professional environment. And, uh, you know, we pride ourselves on trying to help those guys with that transition and we do that not only with Des, but with other young guys and with, with guys who are a couple, three years into the league. Uh, Calvin Hill is a guy who, who heads our player programs department, and he does an outstanding job with that. And uh, we continue to pride ourselves on doing that well. Uh, unfortunately, when you're in a lockout-type situation, the players can't be around, and you can't help the players, Des and others, 
in any way uh, in this kind of environment. So we're hopeful that our players get back for lots of different reasons, and that's certainly one of them. So there's there's no more concern about Dez than, than anyone else that you're not able to have contact with? Well, Dez is a high-profile player, as you know. Yes. Uh, he, he had a very good year as a rookie before he got injured, and uh, there have been some things that have been attached to his name uh, that have come out in this offseason. So, again, that probably goes to the nature of being a high-profile guy as well as the incidents themselves. But like with all our guys who want to support him, we care about him and help him in any way that we can. What, so let's, let's pick – I want to pick your brain about the lockout lifting. Is there – I get asked this all the time. Is there a date by which you really need to know in order to have as regular – an off season as you possibly can. I, I it, let's start with this. Do you expect to have any OTAs, any OTAs, right now? Well, I think the most important thing that we've talked about in our organization is just to be prepared for anything. Right. And uh, obviously, the off season has been very different. We haven't had the running and the lifting as a team that we typically have that starts in late March. We haven't had the rookie mini camp or the OTAs up to this point. So we just have to continue to wait and see what, what happens, what unfolds, and then be prepared for it. Uh, we need to have everything in place for training camp and then up to training camp, be flexible and be nimble to adapt to any circumstance that comes up. Because it does appear, like, let's best-case scenario, you're going to be dealing with a lot of free agency issues leading up to training camp, right? I mean, maybe, maybe through parts of training camp. That's, it, it seems to be it's all going to be mashed together if we're lucky. And that's what I, I wanted to just see what, what you're doing organizationally, if you can let us in on, I guess, what, you're, what your thinking is, how you're going to be able to process all of this information as the, as the head coach and make sure that as many rookies and as many young players as possible could be brought up to speed and many veterans can stay healthy without having been in an off-season workout program. That's the thing that many fans are concerned about, that it, it, might, it might lead to uh, – uh, a level of play that we're not used to seeing in the National Football League? Well, I think the first thing you have to do is understand that this is a league-wide issue. Everybody's dealing with this. Right. And uh, we need to be prepared. We need to be prepared for college free agency, for NFL free agency, and all of the different business aspects that we're going to go through. Uh, we need to understand that if we have fewer practices, maybe we do less or we focus on certain things more than other things that we typically would do, and just be realistic about that. We have to understand where our players are physically once they do come back, and again, be nimble and responsive to where they are and not do anything stupid or premature that doesn't allow them to function healthy as a football player. And then uh, I think the biggest thing for the league to understand, and I think they're very well aware of this, is the amount of preparation that we all need to get our players ready before playing a real live football game. And uh, it's a physical sport, it's a very demanding sport, and uh, getting them ready and making sure they're ready is really gonna be a critical piece of that. And I think the, the decision makers understand that really, really well, and I think they'll, they'll give us the appropriate amount of time to get ourselves ready to play. Well, what do you think is appropriate? A couple of, uh, would, 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 would a couple of preseason games, if, if you only play half of them, would that be, would that be doable? I'm, I'm, I'm I'd love to know your thoughts on what you consider is appropriate. Well, as, as coaches, we want more. We want more practices. <laughs> right. We want more preseason games. We want as much time as we can get. So rather than getting into the little discussions about 
what the specifics are. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you need time. You need time to practice. You need time to hit each other in training camp because, again, it's a violent sport. It's a very physically demanding sport. So before those live bullets start to travel, we need to make sure that we're ready. And uh, the more, the better from our standpoint. Right, more the better. Uh, and last question on this, on this before I, I, I finish up with you. Um, do you don't even don't get into specifics, but you and the Joneses, you you let's say the business opens up two three weeks from now. It opens up, and and do you already have plan A, plan B, plan C for free agency? And exactly, this is what your first move is going to be. This is what your second move is going to be. Are you are you that? Is, is that the way things are working right now? Oh, I think that's part of the preparation. We really need to know what our needs are in our football team and what's out there on the NFL landscape. Who's available? Uh, what the price tag is, what their health considerations are, all those things. You need to have, as you said, you need to have option one, option two, option three. And, again, you need to be flexible and nimble in those situations to address the needs that we have. Last question for you, and this is the most important question I'm going to ask you, Coach. Most important question. You need the most honest, straightforward answers possible. How was the Romo wedding? What was that like? It was outstanding. It really was. Uh, they did a great job with it. And uh, there were a lot of people there. It was quite an affair yeah. down here in Dallas. He's a high-profile guy. Candace is fabulous. Uh, but what was really interesting for us, the observers who were there, it really felt like a down-home wedding, too, like one that we've been to. Even though it was bigger and got a lot of yeah. publicity and attention, you can tell they really have a, a great feeling for each other. It was fun to be a part of it. a live band? DJ, what do you have? Live band? You had a live band? Uh, Oh, I would say the band was very live. It's live, okay. And, <laughs> and who was at your table? Can you remember who was at oh, your with, table? Without getting into the specifics. Oh, you can't get into uh, specifics. <laughs> You're locked down? Are you on lockdown on this? It was, it was, a, it was a really nice affair. Okay. God, uh, can you tell me where he's registered at least? Because I'd love to get, I'd I'm, love to get them I'm something. I have no idea. No, no that's idea? Not, that's, that's not my department. <laughs> leave that to others. I love that. All right, Coach, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. And uh, I, I sure hope all of these plans in, the, in, your, in your talk about being nimble, hopefully you're, you're going to be nimble sooner rather than later because this is driving me crazy. Yeah, well, I think we're all hopeful of that. Excellent. Coach, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Rich. You bet. That is Coach okay, Jason we'll Garrett of the Dallas Cowboys joining the Rich Eisen podcast. All right, now we move on. Uh, I guess sort of a, it's, it's odd to call it a Cleveland uh, twist to the podcast because one of the next guests is currently a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and also the other guest for the first time on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's as well. So synonymous with the New England Patriots organization. That would be Willie McGinnis. Good to see you, Willie. How you doing, Rich? And look who we have here. Kellen Winslow, K two, K two, as he goes <laughs> from back in the day. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is sort of like a, a reunion in a way. It yeah. is, man. I ain't seen him since he left, or since I left. I think I left first, right? I think so. I got out of there first. Thank before. God. <laughs> <laughs> when when were, when were you in Cleveland? Oh five to oh eight. Oh five to oh eight. Right. So oh five was your second year in Cleveland. Yeah. Right. That was the, uh, no. that's when the accident happened, 05, May 1st, 05. You were there when we, we played you guys when I was with the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. So you were there. He was in 04. Oh, was I got there in 04. He was a rookie 04. Yeah, I got hurt the first, second game. Okay. Okay. So no, in 05 is when you had the, the, the accident mm -hmm. on the motorcycle. Yep. What did you learn from that? Slow down. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. I, I wanted everything. You know, I, I just, uh, I was a, 
you know, do this, do that, um, do everything I could in the off season or during the season. I just wanted everything now. And, man, really just God just slowed me down and said, hold on a minute. You're mm-hmm. going to be all right. Right. And uh, it, 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 was, it was very hard to get through, though. I, I struggled with it every day. And, um, even, even today you struggle? Even today. Um, you know, Willie knows, you know, actually what I go through because he, he's, he's seen it. But uh, I was in there with you a lot of times. Yeah. In the training room, going right. through it, you know. But it doesn't even matter. Um, it's just all about how bad you want it. Mm-hmm. And uh, this has been my dream for a long time, so I'm going to keep it going. But when you say you live with it every day, I mean. Pain. Like, literally, you feel it. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, Where? In my knee. And um, it's just, it is what it is. Right. So I have to, I have to live with it. Kelly, how many knee surgeries have you had? I've had totally seven. And seven. Uh, seven. What year is this for you in the league? This is this would be eight. eight. Really eight. six though. Really six. six. Yeah. Really six. Yeah. And um, it's just something I have to live with, and I'm gonna get through it. Mm-hmm. One one thing I recall with with Kellen is no matter how beat up he was, and I think this is probably the first season you've been 100 percent healthy going into a season, right? Right. Right. Okay. So one thing I recall is no matter how bad the knees was, how painful it was, your dedication and your will mm-hmm. to get back on that field. I remember, you know, we used to be in the training room cracking jokes and, yeah. and you used to be <laughs> like, hey, I don't care if you got to put a, a truckload of whatever in my knee, I right. need to get out there yeah. and play. And right. your love for the game and your passion for the game has always been strong. Yeah. And my concern was, like, anytime you go through that much, you know, far as far as injuries and, right. you know, how it can affect us in the long run. Right. And it, it seems like it didn't really slow you down. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think he was going to last eight, nine years because, you know, how, how, how your knees were. Right. But the hard work, and I think you've matured and, yeah. and, and you, you've grown up and you've seen – if you take care of your body, you still always tease me. Yeah. Damn, Willie, you ain't here more than me, and really? I'm and I'm healthy. Yeah, really, really, is that yeah. right? Oh, no yeah. doubt. First one in, last one out. You got to take care of yourself. And I yeah. was trying to, you know, tell a lot of the young guys that. But when you're you're young, second, third year, yeah. you're playing off ability. You don't really have to worry about right. longevity at that point. <laughs> right. You don't have to warm up uh, when you're that young. You just go out and play. But now it's it, it's you have to be a pro. I had to learn how to be a pro. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and the issue um, with you learning how to be a pro, a lot of people really couldn't grasp that concept because of who your dad is, right? I mean, th- yeah. th- a lot of people thought you would just have that as part of your DNA. Right. Is having a Hall of Fame. And what I mean by being a, a pro is, is all the time. I, I was a, I'm a workout guy, mm-hmm. but, you know, just being a pro means everything, doing everything right all the time. Right. Um, not just working out and this, these type of things, doing everything right all the time. Mm-hmm. He's had the talent. Now, he's always had unbelievable talent. I mean, there's, there's most DBs that couldn't stick Kellen, you know. Um, and he's always been a problem. But I think what he's alluding to more is when I came to Cleveland and from the organization I came to, to yeah. Cleveland, yeah. there was a lot of immaturity. There was a lot of guys mm-hmm. that needed to grow up. Right. And I always used to pull you to the side to say, we always talk about yeah. being a pro, being yep. professional. And it seems like you kind of made 
made that change and, and crossed, crossed this, that track. And no doubt. you understand it now I do. a little bit more than you did before because you got some additions to your life. You got some new right. stuff going on, right? Right. Got a new baby. Uh, oh, yeah? How old? Jalen. Um, he's three months old. Three months old. Jalen Maximus Winslow. Jalen Maximus <laughs> Winslow. Yes. And, uh, he's, he's three months he's old. He's the best. He's the best. Great. His hands are... Half of mine right now. Better hands than you? He's going to have he better hands be. than you? He will be. He, he will, I promise. That runs in the family. Yeah. That runs in the family. I, I like that. So yeah. he's three months old. You don't look like you've lost some sleep. You look good. You know, know what, you're... man? My wife is uh, the best. Mm-hmm. You know, she lets me sleep, and it's awesome. Um, <laughs> I really don't do much more. yet. <laughs> but, I mean, that just cracks you wide right open, though. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, it just it, it changed. I mean, it does, man, because right you see. You see yourself in him, mm-hmm. and um, that's that's what it's all about now. I already see myself doing stuff to my kids that I never understood why my dad did yeah. with me. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and you're you're always, you know, I'm not saying I'm turning into my father. I mean, I might. I don't know. Yeah. That might be actually happening. Right. But you know, I mean, it's just you know that, that that's I know what, what you I, mean. Now I know what you mean. Now you know what I mean. I know what you mean now. How you, did, you, how, how did how? Explain how, because it, it was a big change for me. I had my first daughter when I was still playing. Yeah. And how does fatherhood make you look at things as far as football and everything differently? Um, I would say not even football, just that's my purpose now is to take care of this kid. And, I mean, I I've been wanting to play this game my whole life, but, other things are, are more important now. Um, so it, it's all about him now. Mm-hmm. It's all about what my dad did for me, what my parents did for me is doing for him now. Right. And maybe try, try it's going to be hard, but be better at it. How often were you, did, was you, did your dad take you to training camps, practices all the time? You know what, you he remember? did, but I, he was, he was, I was four years old when he retired. Okay. So uh, I don't remember a lot, but I remember right. playing catch with Dan Fouts and uh, I <laughs> wow. promise Coach Coriel. <laughs> and um, I mean, what better experience than that? Yeah, I know. You know, catch with Dan Fouts. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. And it's yeah. interesting how, how I'm, I'm hearing you know uh, the stories about how Willie was imparting wisdom to you, no and, doubt. and you were Willie seeing you know the talent uh, blooming. Now it seems that you're in a role with the Buccaneers. Yeah. I am. And it's similar to the one that Willie was in back in the day. Because, I mean, 12 first-year starters last year of the Buccaneers. Really. And what Willie was to us is really, you know, like Ronnie Barber. I mean, I'm the Mm – I got to be one of the oldest guys on the team, and that's crazy to me. Mm -hmm. Seven years in. in Because, you know, I learned learned from the Steve Hydens, um, you know, the Willie McGinnises, the guys like that, Mm -hmm. how to be a pro. Um, do right things, do the right things all the time, and now I'm teaching these guys, um, like Garrett Blunt's, Mike Williams, mm-hmm. you know how how to be a pro every day and, and do the right things um, to get to where you want to be. Do you see some of the same stubborn ways in some of these young guys as the group that? Are you saying I he was counted? stubborn? Are you He's, saying he was stubborn? He wasn't stubborn. Kellen has always been a, a really good kid, mm-hmm. but. It just seemed like certain things you had to push him to do. 
And like you said, he didn't understand it. I guess it's a level of maturity. He's matured right. mm-hmm. a lot since then to where he is now. And, you know, um, there was a lot of guys like that in the locker room. And that's partly because the reason why we didn't win as much as we should. Right. Because we couldn't get enough guys on the same page to believe in, mm-hmm. you know, the system and to do things a certain way. Because, like I said, when you're that young, it's like you're on scholarship. You think it's going to last forever. Mm-hmm. Regardless of, of what happens, you get in trouble, you get another chance. Especially these guys are uh, some of the best players on the team. You know, Kellen was like the, the face of the franchise, one of the guys. So, yeah. Um, he got away with murder. He'll tell you he got away with oh, murder. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he did some <laughs> things that other players couldn't do. But what I was, you know, used to try to get across that, you know, to be a pro, you got to be consistently doing the right things all the time because people are looking at you, people are looking up to you, and a lot of people follow you. Right. So now that you're on this young team in Tampa Bay, yeah. do you feel like you're getting through to the guys or the guys, do you speak from experience? Or, I mean, how, how yeah, do you work I mean, that? I just kind of lead by example. Um, it, it's, I mean, it's a job. You just have to do the, the <laughs> you have to do the same thing every day. Right. Um, I mean, you know, just come in and be a pro. And I don't say much anymore. I only say things when I need to say things. And uh, because Raheem's got that. Yeah, and you're almost as old as your coach. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I, you know, it's just He's, youth is uh, serving It's it's nuts. How yeah. everybody's young. Yeah. Down that Rondé's older than the coach. Rondé is older, older than the coach. coach, and he is a coach. He is. He is. He is a coach. So he's a coach on the field. Yeah. Have you challenged your coach to PlayStation? I know that's one of your favorite <laughs> things in the world. I'm off do. the PlayStation. You're man. Off the PlayStation. I'm on the Xbox now. Oh, you're on the Xbox. Oh, you upgraded. Yeah, Madden. Mm, disappointed me on the Xbox. I'm. A, we used to get into. I know you're a gamer. Play, PlayStation Two guy. PlayStation this was a Two was my game. favorite. He didn't read his. his, his he didn't do his, his playbook. Yeah, I, I did it he on the went, game. He did it on the game. He used to bring the game to the hotel and, and work on his moves and plays on the game. <laughs> really? I'm dead serious. <laughs> I had a lot of time those those first two years off yes. when I was hurt. So that's all I did was play Madden. So you you, you took your, your your PlayStation reps, in other words. I've yeah. never heard of a PlayStation rep before. But yeah, I guess yeah you should sign me. Yeah. Lee Bodden knows, Frisman Jackson knows, my old buddies. Frisman Jackson, I haven't heard that name <laughs> in a long time. So, uh, yeah, it was fun. Oh, man. And, you know, Rondé's on this podcast as well. He's going to join us shortly. So, you got something that I should throw his way? You got something that I should... Can Rondé cover you? I don't think Rondé can cover you, can he? You know what, man? Uh, nobody can cover you. Nobody me, can cover you. <laughs> <laughs> nice to hold yeah, you. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. You... So long. Longest arms in the league. Is that what people are doing? Is it, they, they hit you as much as they possibly can? No come doubt. Off the line? No doubt. Um, how have you been dealing with that? How did you deal? How have you dealt with that? I have to be real good with my hands mm-hmm. and my feet. My feet have to go with my hands. Mm-hmm. And um, taking guys one way and then taking them another. And um, if they're still on me, give them a little stutter step move. And mm-hmm. um, Your feet have to be with your hands, though. I think that's the, the main thing in you know, the players know what I'm talking about, but swim moves and all that type of good stuff. I've enjoyed this chat. It's a little memory lane right here for yeah, you guys. Yeah. It's good to see you, man. Yeah. You're in great shape. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. Out? Who's, I've been... who's not ready to go right now? You know what I mean? There's like some players not ready to go. Hey, listen, there's some guys that's still on vacation, there's and they will chilling. be until it starts. I can't believe that. Guys enjoying the time off. I'm not. That's what you call a professional and a non-professional. Yeah, that's what you've been saying, but yeah. I can't understand. Because, you know, Kellen was 
you were asking me before, you know, how you doing, what's going on around here? And I'm like, I did freaking pottery with Chris Cooley on television. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm ready to, I'm right. ready. I'm right. ready. Now, clearly, you ready. know, I'm, you know, I'm doing my mental reps. Mental reps. You know, that's all yeah. I can do. You know, that's why I lift all them scripts. You know? <laughs> so that, that's, you know, that. But the thing I can't, I, I, I can't fathom that a player wouldn't be ready to go, because this is what you know. This is what it's all about. And in the this minute, is what it's all about. Anything can happen. Just yeah. like because everyone was saying last week, oh, there's not going to be any talks between both sides that really mean anything until the court decides. Blah, right. And lo and behold, they're they're talking. Yeah. Now, hopefully that. Something could pop at any moment. Guys don't care. There's a group of guys out why? there telling why? you. Why? Let's not end this conversation. Let's go on this a little bit more then. Well, why? My experience is guys figure that they're already in there. They have their mm-hmm. position solidified. Um, even if there's a guy coming in behind them, they usually use training camp, right, Kevin? Yeah, training right. camp and other things to get to in get shape. shape. Yep. Now, what they don't understand, all that's been shortened, but still they can figure it's going to have some preseason games or whatever. So the time that they have now, they look at it as party, vacation, relax. I don't want to peak too fast. I don't want to, I don't want to right. go overdrive before right. the season starts. But don't right. you think that's going to cost somebody a job when the window it opens will. up again? No doubt. And, I mean – there's guys not ready, but like I say, you have to do things right all the time, and you have to take care of your body all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's no time off. Did you have a player organized workout? Did you do? That? Oh yeah, okay. Josh. Josh. Um, Josh put it together. Freeman? Josh put it together. There was about 20 guys out there one time, and it was fun seeing everybody. But um, it's really just routes, trying to keep our timing together. Um, I know it's hard to get everybody out there, but they need to come out. Mm-hmm. Kellen, is this, I mean, speaking of Josh, I was in Cleveland and the quarterback situation was crazy. Mm-hmm. Who, yeah. was, I mean, who was it? I, exactly. Charlie Fry and then oh, that's Fry, right. after we lost the Steelers, Derek, Derek Anderson. Anderson. Then did Quinn ever? Quinn, Brady. Quinn and then Dorsey, which <laughs> I know that's your alumni. <laughs> that's but, my boy. <laughs> but, Don't talk bad about my boy. That's my you, dog. You, Smart guy. Smart guy. Just a smart guy. But is this you know, the first time you can say you felt comfortable of having a real quarterback in place that you know is going to be there for the long haul, that has all the intangibles, all the tools to, to, to help you guys win, like actually get into the playoffs, go far, and yeah. get you the ball and do the things he needs to do? This is the guy. And I knew he was the guy when uh, we were playing the Dolphins one time. And uh, – we were, like, on the five-yard line, and he, he got everybody in the huddle, and it was like a any given Sunday moment. Uh-huh. And uh, let's go. Let's get him. Can't say the stuff right here, but no, you understand. know what I mean. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is the dude. This is the dude right here. This is who I want to be with and play with. And um, the sky's the limit for him. He can be a top-five quarterback mm. um, for the future. Wow. Oh, yeah. You, he you, can be. You, 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 you think – Tell Willie what you said on total. Options. I think he could be as good as Drew Brees, um, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, if he oh, does. Well, wait, you just mentioned the. Uh, you just well, you know, uh, Tom Brady. Hey, I mean, no Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. I don't, I don't that's, be this good. that's the whole. That's that's the Dalai Lama right there. For this man <laughs> no right doubt, here. and I understand because you know we played together. But he can be that good, right? That's and what I I'm ever, saying. And I don't ever say guys can't. You know, of I course just, not. Well, Tom yeah. was pick 199. There you right. go. You know what I mean? There you, you go. Can't Nobody knew that. Tom was going to be Tom until now. So, right. yeah. There's a lot of talented guys, you know, that, that, I mean, 
People said that about Big Ben. And we played right. in our division. And right. When we first started playing, we was like, oh, he's all right. Yeah, then, he's all right. Then two Super Bowls later. Yeah. Um, almost the third. You know, almost the I third. I didn't respect him. And I think we, we came out the same year, 04. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, he's okay. Now yeah. look at him. <laughs> <laughs> and tell him, in the couple minutes we have left, tell him what you said about the division, the Bucks in the division. Well, we're going to win the division. Wow. We're going to win it because the defense says that they play. Um, Atlanta runs a lot of cover three, cover three, cover three. And we had them, but we just didn't take advantage of them. You let them off the hook. We let them off the hook. <laughs> and the Saints, we beat them one time. We got them, though. We're going to win the division. You got their number? We got their number. So, uh, and don't forget about Carolina. You know, Carolina's got my old offense coordinator, Chazinski, so they're going to be right. Um, but... I think we're, we're the favorites. And that doesn't mean anything, but we're going to do it. Good we're going to do it. Going in, though. Love it. We're going to do it. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, man. That's Kellen Winslow. Good to see you, Kellen. Well, McGinnis to everybody. Around the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. Let's move to the television business side of the National Football League and welcome in one of the all-time greats. And um, he is back on television with the National Football League. 19 years with NBC back in the day. Now with the NFL on CBS, none other than Marv Albert on the Rich Eisen podcast. How are you, Marv? Rich, it is an honor to be on the Rich Eisen podcast. But thank you. No, this is very exciting for me. Thank you. Don't talk about the NFL on CBS. Oh, I I thought you meant... that, too, the podcast. Well, I mean, you could tell by the title of the podcast, it's all about me, Marv. (laughs) You could tell. I thought, you're, just, you're, you're setting it up for the guests. Yeah, that's, that is true. That is true. I've, I've, I've learned from only the best. So uh, you're, you're back on the National Football League on television with CBS. I guess the, the first question is, is, uh, is, is, how do you feel about this? Guy? No, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled about it. And it really came out of uh, nowhere since CBS and TNT partnered up to do the uh, NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. Um, Right after I had done several games for CBS, uh, Sean McManus, who's the president of CBS Sports, called uh, David Levy at TNT to ask permission to talk to me about it. And as I said, it just came out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, eventually the deal was done. So uh, I'm I'm really, really uh, thrilled about it and look forward to it. And hopefully we uh, do have a season with it. (laughs) As you picked perfect time to get back in. Yes, yes. Perfect timing getting back in. It reminds me of when I was at NBC. I I know a number of people told me that was a tremendous telecast. It was a Miami Jet game, (laughs) and I was scheduled to do it, but Don Ohlmeyer made that. The announcerless game. That was your gig. You were. That was, that to was the actually. Game? I was scheduled for that game, uh-huh. so I, I I can use the parallel. Should there <laughs> be some games missed? Yes. Yeah, that, that that would be one experiment that I don't think anybody wants to. No, no, no. Involve. Absolutely, absolutely not. And you don't know who your partner is yet, right? That's to be determined. No, it's uh, going to be discussed. Uh, I'm I'm headed off for a little mini vacation yes. for about a week and a half or so, and then when I we get back, that will be uh, a topic of discussion. And what, what was the last NFL game you, you were in a television broadcast? Before, it was actually the last year of uh, NBC before they lost the uh, the package, which would have been, I guess, 97 or 98, right around there. No uh, and uh, then I did you know, the Monday night games uh, with uh, Westwood One and up until last year. And I actually had... Uh, asked to uh, 
be able to depart um, because I was trying to cut my schedule down. So <laughs> by doing this, I'm actually going to uh, give up. Uh, I'm doing a package of 25 uh, net games, so I'm going to drop that and do just TNT and CBS, which works out great. Mm-hmm. So who are your partners back at NBC? I know Parcells, right? He's one of your right, guys. Bill Parcells uh, was in between coaching jobs. Uh, Chris Collinsworth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul McGuire for a number of years. Right. Uh, Sam Weish. And, and one year with Joe Namath. One year with Joe Namath. Yes. Yep. Did, did you break anybody in? And was, was it their first time in the booth when, when, when you were paired with them? Or Let me think. No, actually, actually not. I mean, in my earlier years at NBC, um, there were a couple games uh, here and there with uh, various people, but... Uh, who hadn't you know done much, but no, I the, they were all very experienced yes. uh, at the time. Although you know, Sam Weish, I guess, hadn't done games. He he would have been in that uh, category. And it, and it was great working with all those guys. Yeah. They were they were all really good. I was I was fortunate with that. And Sam, uh, I thought, became very good. And um, and we did some radio together at Westwood One. Right. And what what's your well, I guess what game that you called is your most memorable. Of any that you've called, the so, I, I think most recently the uh, Super Bowl won by the Giants because I think of the ending mm-hmm. of the scramble by Eli Manning and that incredible catch by David Tyree. Mm-hmm. Uh, that really uh, that stands out. Um, there were several. I, I mean. I'm thinking back to playoff games, and it was one in particular, the fake spike by Dan Marino. I mm-hmm. happened to be doing that Miami. Jet game, and that was uh, I'd never seen that before. Did he he fake you out in that one too? I think I was slightly faked out. (laughs) I I, I do. I mean, I I picked it up, but um, it it was so unusual. It's like you don't trust your eyes that that actually happened. Did he do that? Mm -hmm. And so, fortunately, it was television. Had it been radio. Uh, it, it would have been in the category of thorough fake out. It, <laughs> it, it would have been, I, you know, I, I must admit. But that was, uh, uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen that since. Uh, you know, my actually my former radio partner, mm-hmm. uh, Boomer Esiason, he was the toughest to deal with because he was so good on play action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the ball would be hidden, you know, I mean, you could could not see it, you know. So, uh, I mean, I, maybe I, I'm thinking too much of being faked no. out. But uh, another memorable play for me was uh, also on on, on radio, uh, Super Bowl, that opening kickoff that was uh, returned by Devin Hester of the Bears. It's so rare that what you expect or what you're expecting actually unfolds. It was right out was. of the box. It, it, it certainly catches your attention. Uh, you know, for me, uh, because, you know, you go into the Super Bowl, uh, at least I did, a little anxiety each time, and you don't know what to expect. You do not, as you say, you do not expect that. And it, it, it really was it was good because it, it wakes you up, mm-hmm. you know. And, and um, I happened to see that one all, all the way. You could just see it developing. Uh, and uh, it was uh, – that was just a – a sensational play. I mean, I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and the one of uh, also uh, while you're you're in your radio with the uh, Westwood one of the Super Bowl, the James Harrison touchdown at, yes. before the end of right. the first half. That was 
because, you know, halfway through it, a quarter of the way through it, halfway through it, three quarters of the way through it, you were just expecting for him to go down, and then he never did. Right. It was, that was, that was uh, stunning, especially when I think back to Super Bowls. And, and in recent years, for whatever reason, there have been more sensational plays like that. In, in the past, usually, there was not that much to uh, – in terms of exciting plays, even you, you know, you go way back to, I guess, what was considered at the time the, the stunner when Namath and and you know the Jets beat beat the Colts, but the game was not that exciting, mm-hmm. as I recall, as I watched it as a twelve uh, year old child. <laughs> <laughs> or, or of course, the replay on NFL Network. Mark, yeah, right? yes, the, yeah, the, the no, it's still rear. enjoyable. To, uh, I, I love those, in fact, uh, because you can see the difference. Oh. In terms of uh, graphics or lack thereof, which is good, which is okay, mm-hmm. and uh, announcing style and and coverage. So I, I mean, I'm I'm a regular. I'm not saying this for promotional purposes, yes. but I am a regular viewer of NFL Network, and I, I you know I just love to watch the. Uh, the classic games. Thank you, Marv, and I appreciate you. Uh, also, I also appreciate the lack of graphics because when I, I, yes, when Kurt Gowdy was at the mic, there were no drop-down graphics for fantasy players <laughs> right. to be. As, well, things have changed, as you know, in all yes. sports. It's all all changed, and uh, what I, uh, what is most disturbing is when you see graphics that cover up mm-hmm. parts of a play. You know that, uh, which which happens because there's so much on the screen in all sports. In that, the- in that the, occurs. In the couple of minutes I have left with you, I want to go macro with you. What what What's the cadence like calling a football game compared to the other sports that you call, I guess, basketball primarily or, or, or even hockey? Obviously, you know, football, if you if you take the aggregate amount of, of, of action through a game and you just combine it, it's basically 15 minutes of actual right. action. Well, what is it like for you calling that sport cadence-wise as opposed to other ones? Rich, to, to me, football is such a perfect television sport, and you know, obviously, has done so well. Uh, I, I see the role of the play-by-play person as you're really setting up the color analyst, and um, you, you know, due to replays, or uh, I, I really believe in, in minimal more than, uh, and I, I feel that way in basketball too. Although basketball is always fast pace. Um, so there's uh, might be more talking, but I, I really feel the old lesses is, uh, is more really applies uh, along with attempted uh, light moments, attempted humor here and there, um, and uh, I, that that to me is the basic philosophy. I, I really think uh, that you uh, don't have to, you see so much aside from you know bulk area downs and even that is so spelled out these days with you know first down markers and which makes it even uh, you know easier for the viewer to, to digest so I, I, I do see my role primarily as, as uh, setting up whoever I'm working with you know, and, and lastly now that you're back on on television I, I, I do have to remind you Marv the yellow line is unofficial. Just in case you might, <laughs> right, no, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's good point. Yes, you're it's, right. It's yeah. un, it's unofficial, so don't get confused about it being official or unofficial. If you don't and, mind. And, and I always appreciate these tips. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if I may be so Believe bold, me, I if do. I may be so bold to. No, 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 I do. Okay. I do. Well, and and uh, okay. Listen, I appreciate the time. Congr- I, I, do you say congratulations? I, I don't even know. I, but I, I'm. I, 
I'm congratulating myself because I'm psyched. I'm psyched to hear. I'm psyched to hear you uh, well, on, on television. I, 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 I appreciate that. You know, thanks, I, Rich. I, you're welcome. And, uh, and 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 one last thing. When was the last time you 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 worked for a network where they they put you in a jacket with the logo on it, like CBS still does? You know, I didn't think of that. And that, again, I'm just trying to. I'm you know, tr- in doing the the uh, NCAA tournament mm-hmm. where we did some games for CBS yes. and some for uh, TNT, we were permitted to uh, wear whatever we wanted to. So, Not anymore, uh, but uh, you know, it's uh, the last time would be NBC. Actually, they did it for uh, for a while. Had the blazer look with the logo. That sound, but it also sounds to me that could be your tailor that just faxed you right now, Mark. That, I could hear that yeah, in the background. That's true. You could recognize the, uh, the fax. Yeah, that's good. You see, there are some people like the czar, yes. uh, Mike Fratello in yes. basketball, mm-hmm. who uh, TNT has made apparel suggestions to. <laughs> <laughs> Has they, he, they're very upset and, with some of his choices. Uh, but, but Sager, they let Sager. I mean, run around Sager, like that. That's a different story. That's that's <laughs> he's, that's grandfathered into his contract. So that's, he's he's okay. Marv, thanks again for the time. Hi, uh, Rich. Anytime. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. You bet. That's Marv Albert. Everybody, that is freaking marvelous, Marv Albert. He's my always. Uh, you know, I don't even know what to say. He's my all-time favorite. I'm from Staten Island, New York, born in Brooklyn, raised in Staten Island. Part of the reason why I do what I do is because I grew up listening to Marv Albert and Marv doing the the sports on Channel 4. Mike Del Tufo, you're, you're an East Coast guy, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, you're a New Marv Jersey Albert. guy. Yeah, loved Marv Albert. Grew up with him. Grew up with Marv Albert. Listening to him doing the Knicks Ranger. games, yeah, Ranger, Ranger games. And, yeah, I remember from the Ranger games. Clearly, my entire he was one of the he's one of the greatest hockey announcers of all time. Easily, and he's unbelievable. People, I always say, oh, basketball. As soon as they hear more about basketball, hockey, a hundred thousand times better in my eyes. In my, seriously, part of the, having and, played hockey. And when Dolan of the Knicks got rid of him, bounced him from MSG. I remember that. I remember that. When uh, I, exactly that, that I don't know what's caused more Knicks fans to turn off Isaiah Thomas or, or Marv's departure. I, I'm Marv. I'm going with Marv on that one. Because you heard him say the the Nets games that he's been doing, that's what's going to fall by the wayside because of the CBS contract. And you know, I mean, just he's hearing gonna, him do Nets games anyway yeah, was—he's going to be unbelievable. Get, he's going to be unbelievable with football. I mean, I love it. Again, that's going to be great. Spoon, you grew up in your Pittsburgh I'm, guy, right? I'm a Pittsburgh guy. So who's who would be your guy, Myron Cope? Myron Cope's a great one for me. But growing up, when I was when I was first growing up, it was the, when the Pirates were in the heyday with the Killer Bees, Bobby Bonilla, Barry Bonds. It was Lanny for Terry, the play-by-play guy for the Pirates. Yeah, who uh, I love, who I used to listen to all the time during the summers. You know, listen to pirate games, and his uh, famous catchphrase was, "The Pirates would win," and he would say, "And there's no doubt about it." But it's been 20 years since the Pirates have had a winning record, <laughs> so there's lots of doubt about it. There's is what lots you're of saying. doubt, and he still Three says that I believe open. after every win. And he still aver- says it after everyone? <laughs> I believe so. I and mean, they've been averaging, what, maybe 45 wins a year. So there's lots of doubt. There's lots of doubt. I'll never forget the kickoff of uh, of um, the uh, season after the, the Steelers won uh, in Detroit, after they beat the Seahawks. Yep. We're there for the kickoff. The NFL Network's covering the kickoff oh, the yeah. following year. It was against, uh, I think, the Dolphins. The, the Dolphins, correct. Right? And yep. Joey Porter was back with the Dolphins. Uh, Joey Porter picked off uh, Dante Culpepper or something like that. Yeah, yep. That Sounds was the game, good. right? Yep. Uh, we're there covering the kickoff opener. Uh-huh. And I went for a jog from a hotel across the uh, Clemente Bridge. Yep. 
What which 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 river is that? Uh, river is that the that Allegheny? Would, that or? would be the Monongahela. The Monongahela. Okay. So uh, I, and then I run around PNC Park, and they had banners of each of the players on the Pittsburgh Pirate roster, current players. Yeah. And I remember as I ran around the stadium a couple of times, I had not heard of a single. One of them. <laughs> Welcome to the last. And I know that I've been of I've been baseball. off of Sports Center for a few years. It used to be my job to know all players in Major League Baseball. Sure, but yeah. you know, since I went on NFL Network, I, I stopped paying as close attention. Sure, hadn't heard of a single one of them. That's sad. It, There's lots of doubt. It's very sad because it's a great it's a great baseball city, Rich, and you know that. You're but. sitting next to Chris Law, the podcast producer. You're a, are you a Pennsylvania guy? I'm, I'm a Pennsylvania guy. I, I'm from the center of the state, State College, but I lean towards the, the right, a uh, little more Eagles. Oh, I thought you meant Santorum right yeah, in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I thought that's the right you meant. Yeah. N- okay, not, so the Eagles, quite. so you're a Merrill Reese guy? Is that what? Merrill Reese, uh, Harry Callis. You know, Harry we, we had some great Callis. Ones. The two two pitch to Mickey Morandini. <laughs> Very that's good. pretty good. I like that. 93 Phillies, you Mickey know. That's, that's Morandini. But, uh, good yeah, stuff. Good. We all have that. That's the you know that's the beauty of, of of games being called. You know, I mean that you you all you have guys. My guys were Marv Albert, Howard Cosell, and there was a guy and there was a guy on um, Channel Eleven WPIX in New York. Oh my God! I knew you'd know that. I know Picks. you'd know this. Mike Del Tufo being a Jersey guy. Jerry Gerard was his name. I don't know if you remember Jerry Gerard. I was a Ralph Kiner guy. No, Jerry Gerard oh, was a was a sportscaster. He was oh, on, on the, the Channel Eleven News. Yeah, and he did Sports Center yep. before Sports Center. He was funny. He was great. Oh, I know that name. Jerry Gerard was fantastic. Those are the three guys I grew up loving. Jerry Gerard a little bit before our time. Oh our right, I'm old. Is that what you're saying, no, Spoon? No, no. You got you got a young staff, Rich. I do got. I'm I'm talking over the young staff, and 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 Spoon. Um, we're going. Are we going on TV next week or uh, we're not? That's correct. Thursday, June sixteenth. Everybody at eight Eastern time. Eight, eight Eastern. So next week's podcast. Will be televised. The revolution. The revolution will be televised. Correct. Next Thursday, eight Eastern time. We are. We are. Uh, we are. We are hoping we will we'll be on television. Efforting. We are efforting. efforting Dude, don't. That sounded like a doubt in your voice. Efforting. No, there is no doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm efforting the microphones to work. There's no doubt about it. We're on. We're yeah. on. Next week's podcast is televised for the first time should, on NFL should Network. We, should we tease a guest or two? Sure. Heinz Ward. We got Dancing with the Stars champion, two-time Super Bowl. That's the only guest we have. Champion. That's it. So that's not or two. That's the only guest we have booked right now. I got to get on that. Uh, and and uh, let's, before we move on to our, our final guests, uh, before we get to Rondé and Darren Sharper, can we uh, button up a storyline from a couple weeks ago, Spoon, where Kara Henderson offered to... Um, yeah, she offered to fix you up with her 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 kid's kindergarten. She sheet. did, and if did I did she might. did she did she fix did she fix you up? Uh, I have not heard anything from Kara. Radio silence from Kara since then. Since that podcast chat, yep, where she said, "I'm gonna." You heard it right. Uh, uh, people in in Myanmar heard it. It's the one person <laughs> who downloads us in Myanmar heard it. But, People around the world heard this. I got the we got tweets from Ireland. And, I, I got and the London. Twitter bump from you, Rich. How many? How many followers? Uh, you I probably got. At least seventy five, a hundred. Oh, and out of that, there was a fair percentage who were saying, "Did at Kara Henderson hook you up with the at kindergarten?" And yet? and with that, <laughs> <laughs> and she's and she is not. She's been radio silent, radio silence ever since. And I uh, believe get, Chris let's Law's, get Kara on the phone. I believe Chris Law is calling her right now. Is, is he really? I think so. We got her on the phone. Let's see. Del Tufo, hit the right buttons here. 
Have you hit the right buttons? Kara Henderson, are you on the phone line right now? Am I, am I on the air? You're on the podcast. Hi, Kara. Wait, wait a minute. Yes. You have a podcast? Yes, I do. Stop it. Yes, I do. So, Kara, uh, um, yeah. Spoon says you've gone radio silent since you offered to fix him up with, uh, with, your, with your son's kindergarten teacher. Is that, is that a true story? Well, you know, what he didn't tell you is that he actually blew me off to go out to dinner last week, which is oh. when I would brief him and, and actually ask him more Spoon. so I could set them up correctly. Is that true? Did he not tell you, did he not tell you that part? That got, he, I, I there was some part. doubt about that. There <laughs> well, was some he doubt. Apparently double, he apparently double booked, which made me concerned that he already had so many you know, ladies in the arsenal that he didn't need my cute kindergarten teacher. Uh, completely, Am I wrong, uh, I may have double booked last Wednesday. Double booked? <laughs> I may have double booked, and but oh, yeah, it, it, not because thinking. not because I have a cachet of women, Kara. I am still waiting yeah. for the kindergarten teacher. <laughs> well, here I'm going to pick up my son, and basically what I've decided, Rich, is that I need to wait for my son to graduate kindergarten because they actually do graduate kindergarten these days. Yes. Before I hook him up with why? Um, because just spoon. in case it doesn't work with spoon, it'll be just awkward case, for you at the pickup line. Just in case he actually does use the built-in pencil sharpener pickup line. <laughs> I won't have to go face her at drop-off and pick-up. How, how many years yeah, is kindergarten these days, Kara? Yeah. Is it still a one-year thing? Kindergarten is still a one-year thing. Yeah, how many weeks away? Yeah. How many weeks are we from graduation day? So graduation is next Wednesday. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, I'll, I'll, you know what? Why don't I invite Spoon to graduation, and then he can see her in person. Maybe we could tape it and put that on the tele- first ever television show <laughs> of the podcast. I might... I might have to get some clearance from the school to put <laughs> kindergarten-age children Said on Father. Yeah, that's true. That's probably Follow a bad idea. I didn't perfectly. think that one through before, before that, speaking. Wait, let's workshop this out a little bit before we just throw it <laughs> out there. Let's do workshop it out. Just just for the record, then, Rich, that means that Kara yeah. has given herself a deadline of next Wednesday. Yes. When she she's, next Wednesday. That's correct. So after he actually gets his diploma... I will then approach this beautiful young woman and tell her that okay. I, you know, now that she's going to be off for this summer and she can go and have a good time. There you go. Uh, and she won't be lessening planning the ABCs that she can uh, she can now make some time for for our favorite utensil in her life. That's what I think. Our favorite utensil. That's your new nickname, Spoon. It's moved from Spoon to the favorite, favorite utensil. I like it. Favorite. I, so, so actually, but, you know what? I, I take that back. I'm sorry. The spork is my favorite utensil. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Kara. Speaking of children's hot lunch, right? That's what, that's what they eat with a spork. So, so again, oh, uh, just to recap, just to recap, yep. you have Let's not recap. you have not asked uh, the kindergarten teacher about Spoon yet because Spoon blew you off last week in a potential right. more fact finding mission about his likes and dislikes. So you can. You can suss this thing out a little better. And That's then I, and then because of that, you thought about it a little longer, saying that maybe your son should matriculate before, before any hooking up goes on. Because if it goes south, that would be real awkward for you and your son, even though the, ki- the, the teacher will still be there when your son moves on to first grade, correct? I mean, isn't that true? That's right. I mean, he will, she will still be supervising in the yard. Um, mm. I, hope, I hope. I hope. I have faith I in you, Spoon. Okay. I have faith in you. I appreciate okay. it, Kara. I've waited thirty years, so one more week. <laughs> What's one more week? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm glad we've. I'm glad we've. We've advanced the storyline. I appreciate here. it, Rich. Yeah. Thanks for. Yeah, I'm going to have to warn her. 
I'm going to have to warn her. Do I warn her at all about the fact that she's been um, she's been talked about and people in Suriname? Wait a minute. She doesn't. Her? Are you saying that she doesn't know I have a podcast? Is that what you're saying? No, she, Somebody doesn't know I have a podcast. Does that mean I need to talk about it a little more to get the word out? Is I, that what know, you're saying? I think if you, I, I mean, I think if you just get the word out a little bit, people might start, you know, really picking up on this thing. Yeah, I'm, I I've been slacking. I've been slacking. You're not wrong. You know, I mean, get Spoon to talk about it on his Twitter account. Does he have six followers now? No, oh, you, yeah. before he just before yeah, uh, see oh, six more followers. No, he said seventy-five okay, to one hundred okay. at Spoon thirty-three. Right. Thank you, Twitter. Rich. You're nice. welcome. All right. All right, Kara, thanks so much. Go get go get your son and in your final and your in in one of your final awkward free pickups before this goes down. <laughs> enjoy enjoy <laughs> enjoy the freedom you have picking up your son without any awkwardness hanging over the yeah, proceeding. Without the, pick, without the pickup line. I think that's great. I think that's great. <laughs> you know what, Rich? I bet if you get Trey Wingo to put out ah, on Twitter that, that nice, uh, you have a podcast nice, and maybe nice. Hal does think? have five times as many followers. You're not wrong. <laughs> H wing of the third, H wing of the third. That's Kara Henderson at Kara Henderson on Twitter. Thanks, Kara. There you go. There you go, Spoon. One more week. One more week, and we're there. I don't know where where we are, but But, well, I mean, we'll we'll be be somewhere. somewhere. We'll We'll be be somewhere. somewhere. (laughs) No (laughs) doubt about it. Nice. All right. So now we got that storyline buttoned up again. Thursday, eight Eastern next Thursday. And Absolutely. if it doesn't happen, we blame somebody in, the, in you, our organization. You can blame me. I'll take. I'll shoulder the responsibility. If that's it what. That's happen. by the way. That's what being a producer is all about. I will take the responsibility if it does not happen. But okay. I am confident it will happen. All right then. Let's move back to the playing field. And uh, two of the best bandits of the defensive backfield of the past decade are right here in studio together, both entering their fifteenth NFL season. Fifteenth. Fifteenth yes. NFL season. I've got. Uh, a man who's tied for sixth all time on the career interceptions list with Ronnie Lott, Darren mm-hmm. Sharmer. Yes, sir. Ronnie Lott. My idol. <laughs> You're tied with him on the all time interceptions I list. Am. Looking to surpass him. Yeah. All you need is one pick. Yeah. All you need is one pick. Uh, and also the first cornerback in NFL history with 20 or more sacks to go with 20 or more interceptions, Rondé Barber yeah, man. of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. First and only, I might add. First and only. There's no other. There's no, no other. other. N- not yet, anyways. Not, is anyone close? No. <laughs> <laughs> right here on the Rich Eisen Podcast together. Good to see you guys. Yeah. Uh, Darren, I'm starting you with you first. What's with the R word? You threw the R word out there. Yeah, that's a bad word to throw out, too. But uh, the situation that we're in. As a as a league, you know, if this lockout stretches on, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the season is canceled, God, hopefully that, that does not happen. happen. Yeah, not happen. you know, but you know, hypothetically speaking, you know, if it, if it does, mm-hmm. uh, I will start to weigh other options. And what but other options are there? The, maybe like stay this? behind this mic. I might be singing or something. Well, that like mic, that. The mic, you sound like Barry White with that very mic. Very Barry White. It yes. looks, yes, you yes. sound very good with that microphone. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so that's what, you know, you're thinking about right now. I mean. Well, I'm thinking about playing. So that's just on the back burner. Right. And I mean, like you said, it should be a season. So my goal is to play this this upcoming season. If there is no season. Right. I'll start to look in other areas. And the R word has been surrounding you for, for a couple yeah. of years now. Yeah, well, you know, Ronnie. if you ask. You know, some people that cover the Bucks. Right. I should have thought about it years ago. So, don't say that. You sound yeah, yeah. bitter when you say. I'm stuff very like bitter. That, I hate. I hate people that criticize me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you speak for most human beings. Yeah, Nobody yeah. really likes to be. No, criticized. I'm. I'm not. Uh, I, I ironically, I haven't been close to it. I mean, I've thought about it for the past couple of years. Obviously, right. since since Tiki retired, but 
Uh, no, I haven't been close. I but, still feel good about it. But is, is could could you technically call Tiki retired? No. Not anymore. Not, Not anymore. anymore. Is he hand, he's handed in papers or he, the papers filed through? Mark his agent, put them through, and uh, but man, how, he's how, ready to go. But the papers weren't locked out. I mean, that's a good question. Actually, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, the papers may, show up. May, and maybe the, they're uh, sitting at the stoplight. They, <laughs> they piled up along with six hundred <laughs> exactly. newspapers, right? Exactly. <laughs> Somebody's got to pick those up. Um, so you're you're coming back. Uh, do you think this would be your final season? Um, I don't know. You know, I had a pretty candid conversation with uh, Raheem about it and mm-hmm. I've had plenty of talks with Mark Dominic about it mm-hmm. and um, you know he went out we went out to dinner one night and he, he said look I, I think you're playing at a good enough level where we want to sign you back but mm-hmm. we're going to do it one year at a time so n- neither one of us neither party us or them you know feels obligated at the end of the year whether whether to stick around or to you know have to release me. Um, and right. it's very mutual. It's very understanding, and uh, it works for me. You know, it's. Uh, I know a lot of people probably wouldn't take that situation, but um, let's put it this way: I'm glad that I'm under contract because if my situation was like Darren's, mm-hmm. I was on the street right now, I'd probably be throwing around that R word too. I mean, it's it's a tough situation for free agents, especially veteran free agents, to be in right yeah. now. I mean, have you have you Darren at all looked at what the landscape could be once things are open for business, and or do you think that it, is it possible you stay in New Orleans? What are you thinking about right now? Yeah, it's a possibility. I think with the lockout extending, mm-hmm. really allows for guys like myself to have a better opportunity to sign with teams because we're already proven players, proven commodities in mm-hmm. this league. Uh, they they have no time to develop younger players to supplant our position. Mm-hmm. And that's a good situation for me. Um, fact that I'm healthy now, mm-hmm. a year off of surgery, um, running good, feeling good, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's going to be a, a good factor to help me sign with a football team. But that's the landscape as far as teams and knowing where I will end up, not sure. Uh, we all know that I love New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have to keep your options open. I'm a businessman just like they are. Sure. And you have to make sure you, you, you weigh all your options and see what's the best situation for yourself. Rondo, what's it like to play for a guy who's younger than you? <laughs> I imagine a, that's see, the first It's a unique time. question to ask me because, uh, and I've known Raheem since he got into the NFL. I mean, it's not like just some random guy we brought in. I mean, he was your position coach. He, he, was, uh, he was under my position coach. He was Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin was my position coach, and Raheem was the underling. He was the guy running around getting people coffee and stuff. Um, <laughs> he got you coffee many times? <laughs> if I would have asked him, he probably would have. Um, but he, he's come a long way, man, and uh, we've been great friends for a lot of it and uh, uh so when you ask me that question it's yeah. like it's like you might as well ask me what's it like having my best friend be my head coach and that's is that what right? it is yeah he's, he's really good friends we, before this lockout we spend a lot of time together mm-hmm. um, um but he is uh raheem is a smart guy man he, he understands football and he treats it like loose he, he keeps a loose environment mm-hmm. um it, it helps with the young football team because I don't think that authoritative, you know, cracking the whip type figure is mm-hmm. is in vogue anymore in the NFL. It's going it's going by the wayside. I mean, guys just make too much money. They have too much influence. They Twitter and Facebook and all the other stuff. All you don't day tweet. Long. You're not tweeting. I don't do any of that stuff. You're not in the Twitter world. I'm too old. You are. I'm at, too at old sharper for that. Forty two. At sharper forty two. Too old for that stuff. Yeah. But uh, but Raheem does a great job relating uh, to to the young guys and the one old guy on his team. You're 37, right? I'm 36. You're 36. I'm right, I want to show you. You're 36. Actually, I'm 35. I'm, oh, I'm 41. That's a different. And I tweet. You're only you're only, you're 41. I'm 41 years old. Oh, I, 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 I look younger, right? I pictured you at like 56. Uh, or something. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's not true. I'm well preserved. 41. You've too. been in, you've been in the spotlight for a long time. I've, I've so. been I've been a while. Yeah, I've, I've been out, I've been out there. 
But I tweet, too. I don't consider yeah, myself too old for that. Yeah. Uh, the, the word Lewis, you see, keep a team loose. I would say um, Akib Tlaib uh, and Lewis, I think he's... <laughs> He's he's a yeah. little bit too loose. He's uh, well, he, he's had some some um, instances. Yes, that, run run ins. Yeah. I'll use the word instances <laughs> where he hasn't used great judgment. What what do you think the future is for him at this? For you I mean you know this franchise like the back of your hand. You know ownership. You know this young man. Yeah. You know also how talented he is. Talented he is. You know the head coach clearly yeah. like the yeah. back of your hand. I, Handicap. I think, read the tea leaves for me. I think everybody in the organization wants the best for Akeem to leave. You know, it's not as if. Um, we're ready to abandon a guy. I mean, we, we, we drafted a guy. I mean, we, we've given him chances. We understand who he is and where, where he grew up and the type of, you know, personality mm-hmm. that he that he has. Um, he's great in our locker room. I will say that. He's had, he had an instance uh, uh, where he got in a fight and helmet was thrown. All It got blown out of proportion. Obviously, you don't want to see that. But mm-hmm. um, nobody in our locker room has ever not been in favor of Akib Tlaib. But... You start bringing in off these off the field incidences, uh, the, the, the gun related incidents in, in, in Houston or in uh, Dallas, mm-hmm. wherever he was. Uh, nobody knows the facts, and the facts will come out, and uh, it'll play itself out, and hopefully it works in our favor because nobody wants to see this guy not on our football team. So if he stays, if he comes back, no one would would blink an eye, no one would bat an eye. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, Akeeb and uh, you know Raheem have a I think a good enough relationship where they they understand that. Um, you know, he he has to change his ways. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sometimes it takes a, a an incident like this, and hopefully, you know, he'll start to man up and be uh you know a little bit more of an adult uh, when it when it comes to uh, uh, you know his, his his activities off right. the field. And I want to talk about uh, playing your guys' positions in a minute, but uh, and I don't want to leave you sitting here just by yourself, Darren. That's but okay. There's, there's I lots to talk about. Now there's a lot to talk about with this guy over here. <laughs> hot team, hot topics. Hot team, hot topics. Your brother. Yeah, as well. I got a lot. I got a lot. I got a lot you going on. Lot. In my life. <laughs> your, your brother Tiki. I got a lot to manage in my uh, in, in in my friends and acquaintances yeah. and families. Hey, but, you know, uh, off off, uh, off the field. You wear it well, life. though, Ronde. You, I try. You wear it very very. I don't well. talk about it often. That's how well, I wear do, it well. That, I know, and that's why I appreciate you know when I have you here. I got to yeah. sort of hit you up um your brother coming back how effective do you think he can be you know the position you know the layoff that he's gone you know what running back is is it's a different position now than it's ever been i mean there's very few guys that are that every down guy Mm -hmm. anymore um you know it's 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 such a hybrid role now there's so many we have three guys on our team that we expect to play and i think most teams have new orleans certainly does uh that you got to prepare for every week so i yeah i think he can find Somebody, and I think uh, we think that there's uh, there's interest in him, and there's there's teams that uh, are going to like what they see when they see him. He's been working out with Joe Carini, who he mm-hmm. worked out with there during the bulk of his uh, uh, his prime in his career. Um, he's been uh, at at a high school in New Jersey working with Greg Olson's brother, who's still in high school, I think, mm-hmm. uh, throwing and catching the football, and and uh, and he looks great. He feels great. He honestly doesn't have uh, anything else. You know, going on where it would keep him away from wanting to right. play football, and, and and the urge has come back to him in the past year and a half or so, um, and uh, I think he's ready to ready to try. Is part of this? Uh, uh, how much part of this is love of the game? I mean, where where does that fall into this? I, I think there's. I think you know, like like anybody that retires, we can ask Jamie, Jamie uh, Darren's brother, Jamie, play mm-hmm. with me at Virginia, right. uh, and you can ask, you can ask Darren about this. You know, when you finish the game. You know, there's there's a void. Yeah. You know, uh, no matter what you try to fill it with, there's, there's always a void. So, I know when Tiki left, he was he was done with football. There were certain. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I saw him too. Yeah, he was 
Done. done with a capital D. With a capital D. Yeah, he was done. He, I mean, he's chilling with Matt Lauer. Yeah, he, he was yeah, ready to. He, he, I mean, he had his life done. planned out, and uh, you know, it didn't work out the way he wanted to. And I think he started to miss it. You know, a couple of years in um, into his retirement, and you know, he just he decided uh, with everything else that's going on in his life that the best way for him to get um, you know some meaning and some uh, you know uh, back on track, so to speak, mm-hmm. is to you know go back to what he's done best and what he loves the most. Last question: Third down back, every down back. What do you think? I, you know what? Who knows with Tiki? I've never seen him you know uh, fail on the football field, so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. Okay. What? Let, let me just take it because I know you guys play different positions, but pre-snap, what are you thinking? Where you are, Darren? Pre-snap. Are you are you thinking? <clears throat> Pick? Are you thinking that? Always. <laughs> yeah. All Always. you think? <laughs> Always. How many? You know, how many do you got? Fifty. Uh, I lost count. I'm in. I've got it. Sixty-three. There it is, right there. Sixty-three yeah. career interceptions. Yeah. Oh, by the way, by the way, fourteen hundred twelve career interception return yards. Yeah. Only Rod Woodson and Ed Reed yeah. have all. more than that. Mm. And uh, your two career pick sixes away from passing Rod Woodson yeah. all yeah. time. I don't know if Rod's going to like that too much, but hey, well, do, he, records he, are meant to be broken. He, the 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 best part is that you could do it against the Raiders. He he'll, he'll be watching it <laughs> yes, now that he's he standing on the sidelines. He will there. be. But yeah. Pre-snap, uh, I look at the formation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know where receivers are lined up. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, down in distance, um, area of the football field. So many different things. You know, I'm going through a list of about five different things I'm thinking about. But as you play, and Ronnie can speak to this and seen it, so it kind of yeah. becomes second nature, which yeah. you kind of go you through. Like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah, you expect it. Yeah, you kind of know from just being what do you out mean there. You expect it. You just you know what's coming. You know what's coming. You just you know what's coming. There's only, you, we, when you've played 15 or 14 years in the league, going mm-hmm. on 15, there's not much that you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, if they do something to shock you, it's probably because you just haven't seen it in a while. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, there's nothing that happens on a Sunday that, that I haven't seen at, at least some point in my career. And, uh, you know, the, the, you don't guess, but there's that anticipation. Yeah. And when you know... And you know you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Put your foot in the ground and go score. And for so many years, you you know, even going into a season, that you can guarantee you're going to have opportunities because yeah. you're going to see, like Ronnie said, similar plays, uh, similar similar situations and games in which you can kind of predict and anticipate what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it really just comes down to pulling that trigger and trusting your instincts. And, and that's the difference, I believe, from us compared to the other players in the league that mm-hmm. might not have done what we've done in our careers is that they're scared to take that chance, mm-hmm. you know, trust their instincts and just react and anticipate that allows you to make plays. Well, and clearly you're in a position to hit people more than the position that you play, Rondé. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the rule change that was just passed about defenseless receivers that a receiver now just having two hands and two on the ball and two feet on the ground uh, now must prove that he can protect himself oh, wow. from a hit before receiving the Golly. hit. Golly. Yeah. That's the new rule? That's a new rule. Oh, am I breaking news to you? Yes, right it now? is. This is breaking news to Darren Sharp. I Sharper. thought it couldn't get any worse than I don't know if you, if you, remember, if you remember the hit the, the hit that um, uh, Asante Samuel delivered on Sidney Rice last year. Uh-huh. Do you remember that? Yeah. I don't know if you can remember that off the yeah. top of your head. That's it. That was the, the most shocking part of that statement is the hit that Asante Samuel put on. <laughs> Just, the, just the, that part of the sentence is the shocking part of it, right? Yeah, Asante Samuel um, hit 
Sidney Rice, it was in a Sunday night game, I believe. That's mm-hmm. the only reason why I bring it up is it, for two reasons. One is you may have seen it was a nationally televised game. And two, um, it was legal last year. Now no, it would not. be illegal mm-hmm. because, again, he didn't – he's got to show that he's he can avoid – like he can ready that himself no for a hit or, or – Such a subjective rule. It is, I'll it's tell you, I'll ridiculous. tell you, it puts a total gray area yeah, into the game. Because like, now you're going to have a, a flag thrown yeah. because, ah, I think he wasn't yeah. ready to yeah, be yeah, hit yeah, or yeah. anything like that. Uh, but Rich McKay, um, who you know mm-hmm. for many years, uh, and he's one of the competition committee uh, co-chair, uh, he said that the gray area they're not concerned about, it's all about making sure that you hit in the strike zone. Don't hit in your head. Right. It's just another rule to try and hammer that point you home. Know, what makes it so sad is that it's slowing the game down because we react so quickly. Mm-hmm. When a play happens, and you say you want, you want to save players and try to protect players, I understand all that. But yes, how yes. you you let a guy catch the football and you have to pause for a second and say, "Okay, are you ready to get hit now? <laughs> now hit you." Yeah. And also, what it does, it actually hurts players more because guys now are going to be taught to go lower, and that's ending guys' careers. Because if I go low, I can't take any shots on a guy from shoulder pad up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go at his knee. And that's going to end his career. Well, I think I think again, he's just basically trying to say that if you hit between the you know midsection, yeah, it, it just hit it just hit him in it's the like chest. baseball strike zone. Hit him in the chest. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That's basically so what they're trying to do. do. Though it's tough to do. It's tough just to slow yourself flags. down and do it. Just give us flags. We hang off. We just <laughs> flag football. <laughs> do that. I know it's sort of like a red meat question. Throw that out there. What do you, as a defensive player, think about these things? But I do know, in all honesty, that the folks in the league office are, they just wring their hands over this stuff. They really, they really are afraid. Someone's going to get really seriously hurt out there. And, and, you, you understand that, yeah. You have I mean, to understand the question that. Question is, what, what is, what, it, where is the gray? It, it, cha- it changes the, the the number one aspect of football. I mean, the number one aspect of football is hitting, hitting. people, mm-hmm. and you just can't take that out of football. I mean, I, I believe me, I don't want to see anybody get hurt. I don't want to see myself get hurt. And be honest with you, I'm never hitting anybody with my head, anyways, because I kind of like the way my brain works right yes, now. Right, and uh, I want to be able to read to my kids when I'm, you know, when I'm 45 and 50 years old. So. Um, but I, I don't. I just don't think you can you can change the game enough or to slow it down enough where you're not going to get guys hurt. Guys are going to get hurt. I mean, there's piles. You know, if two people, two defensive players are going to strike a player at the same time, one of those three guys is going to come out not feeling great. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I just find it hard to believe that you're going to try to regulate something that happens so fast. Uh, and 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 you know what's going to happen is guys aren't going to change. Yeah, you can't change it. You're just going to take the fines. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just going to be pulling more money out of their pockets. Um, you're going to see some, see more suspensions, uh, and eventually it's, it's going to affect the product. And I, I, that's what I don't like most about this is that eventually it's going to affect the product in a ne- negative way. Yeah, not allowing guys to trust their instincts and just play at a high level, which takes away from the game. Yeah, you know, especially as a defender, that's all we can kind of live off on is re- reacting and, and trying to make plays quick. You know, it's an offensive-driven league. Right. Now they're trying to make it just totally constricting on defenders and allowing them to do something to make them be uh, productive players. Yeah. Being a hit and and try to knock the ball loose. Yeah. You know, guys can be, like you say, playing fast. I I remember when when Tony was my head coach and uh, – Mike Tomlin was my DB defensive back coach. He used to always say, and when John Lynch was in our room, he's like, hey, man, intimidation is a physical act. Mm-hmm. You know, and no true words ever been said. We had we had Sap on this show a couple weeks ago, and I surprised him to have Dungey call it. Yeah. Sap teared up. Did he? Teared up. Wow. 
That's that's, that's hard it. for Sap to do. I know. Teared up. Yeah. But that's what Dungey means to him. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Uh, last question for you because we got to put you through one more car wash before we mm-hmm. do total access. Um, this lockout continues on. Let's 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 be let's be optimistic about it because I can't talk about it in any other way. You're not retiring because of a lockout. I don't want to hear it, Darren Sharp. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's say we're open for business. And there's a, there's going to be training camp as usual, but obviously OTAs are out. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. we can all safely agree you're not going to have an organized team activity. There's no way. Period. Okay. No. Uh, Jake Locker, Christian Ponder, Blaine Gabbert. You're already smiling, Darren Sharp. Cam Newton. Cam Newton, <laughs> who, who you will have to time. see. Both, if you go back to New Orleans, you will see them twice. You'll see them twice. You're chomping at the bit. Fresh right. meat. Fresh, Fresh meat, meat, right? And I mean, fact, what, what about all these rookie quarterbacks oh, for you, you guys? You're just excited and, and mm-hmm. licking your chops, as we said, because uh-huh. they don't have that time to develop. And even if they did, you still look forward to playing against a young quarterback that hasn't seen the things that you've seen. Now you couple that with not having the practice time to really see more things. And then just the offenses in general, mm-hmm. I think, will be more generic. Yeah, bland, Very. vanilla. You, you think know, so? Especially early on because yeah. they won't have time to implement all their different, you know, So Cam, and, Cam's going to be part of a vanilla offense? Well, you know, the, uh, the the OTAs, I mean, they're important. They're important for for everybody, but they're really important for young guys. Right. I mean, just, you know, you, you, you're so used to a structure, and then now the structure is gone. But more importantly, you're not learning you know, when we get to training camp. Mm-hmm. We're we're re, we're regurgitating what we did in the OTAs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like a like a quick review, and then you you just go. That's why you know it's it's faster in training camp. OTAs and you know the little mini camps are just mm-hmm. a way to see who you have on your football team. Check out your rookies, see if they are what you thought they were, uh, and then in training camp when you put the pads on, you solidify that thought. But right now, hey, they're seeing we're seeing none of this, and these quarterbacks. <laughs> hey, I mean, I'm telling <laughs> you now. I mean, the, the, the college football is a, is a great product. It is nothing like the NFL. Mm-hmm. It is ten times faster. Me and Darren would love to go back to college right oh, now. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Marshall Falk always tells a story about um, you know how he he led the offense and tackles Peyton Manning's first year, <laughs> <laughs> and that and that Peyton would throw. You know, I think he threw twenty. Yeah, he threw yeah. twenty. Yeah, twenty. And plus. he said off of virtually every interception, he would turn to Marshall and go, "I didn't think he could get there." Uh-huh. Yeah. That's the yeah. Talking about you guys, the defensive backs, and then he said about halfway through the season, Marshall goes to Peyton. Peyton, they can all get. They can there all now. get there. <laughs> Even the guys that we we don't think are great can get yes. there. Yes. They can all get there on this level. Yep. So Cam Newton is going to be a Heisman Trophy winning, national championship winning piece of fresh meat to you guys. He is well, a he fresh is. piece of filet. I mean, it's it's, it's 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 working. It's continuing to work in our favor. Favor that he hasn't done a snap of mm-hmm. pro style football. What yet. is it? Four or five first-round quarterbacks went, was it? Uh, it was Cam, it was Cam the, Jake Locker, yeah, Christian it, Ponder, Blaine Gabbert. And, and um, no, I think that was that's about it. I don't, yeah. I don't think I'm missing anybody. Four, the second round again? And then, and then Kaepernick and then Dalton. That's right. Yeah. Had two of them at the top of the second. So. Fresh meat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fresh meat all around. Good to have you guys on my podcast. Thanks Always so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. Darren us, Sharper, at Sharper24, or 42, at Sharper42 on Twitter. And do you have anything you want to promote? Yeah. What do you got? Ronde Barber at Buccaneers.com. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> no, I don't have anything. Do you have anything? I have nothing. What charity? You got to, any, event, any any books that you got coming out? I don't out do anything. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a quiet, under the radar, Okay. let people throw darts at me, strike them with my play kind of guy. That's Ronde Barber. One more plug, if we could. If whoever's Please. listening in New Orleans, we do have the first annual Darren Sharper Home Run for Kids. Oh, when is that? July 23rd. 
You know, if you have to want to feel like coming out and running the bases in mm-hmm. New Orleans, it's going to be hot, but it's going to be fun. We're actually going to have a dunk tank. Mm-hmm. Local politicians will be in a dunk tank. Vitter? We'll to, will yeah. Vitter be in there? Maybe. Senator Vitter? Can Maybe. you get him? They, they've been calling for it to, to get in the tank. Okay. Car and truck show, fireworks, a lot okay. of fun. Okay. Well, how do they people get involved? They well, they'll be, uh, they can go to, to call Darren DeWalt mm-hmm. at 414-241-6760. Giving out a phone number. I love there it. you go. Dropping. He's going to be ready for all the calls Digits. that he'll get. Wow. Okay. Uh, Darren, thanks so much. My pleasure. And Rondé Barber, yep. thank you so Always much. Always good, man. That's it for this action-packed edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. Good times. Jason Garrett, want to thank the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Want to also thank Kellen Winslow Jr., Willie McGinnis, Rondé Barber, Darren Sharper, and, of course, the great, marvelous Marv Albert for joining this podcast. Next week, as uh, Spoon mentioned, We're going TV. Now, again, folks, we're not going to change the podcast for television. The television show will conform to the podcast, not the other way around. We're going to still do the show that we do here on NFL.com and iTunes. So if you're concerned about that, and some people have tweeted me about that at Rich Eisen, don't worry. We're not changing. We're not changing. We're just not going to change for television. The bright lights may be on, but this podcast stays the same. So Heinz Ward will join the podcast next week. Who else? We don't know. We're booking. We're efforting, as they say in the business. That's it for this edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. Peace out. Booyah. It's Rich Eisen with authority. Yes. Stay listening, new friends.